Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to Positively Midwest. My name is Steve Jurens, and across from me, as always, is my lovely wife, Catherine Jurens. Hello, Mr. Jurens. Hello, everybody. How are you today? Well, I know I'm doing okay because I'm recording another fantastic episode of Positively Midwest. This episode, my friends, is episode number 58. What? Well, we're just rolling right along here in the world of Positively Midwest. Isn't that neat? Oh, man. It just feels like we blinked our eyes and 57 episodes have gone by. Yeah, so for tonight's fancy, neat old episode, we're going to talk about love languages, everybody. This got brought up. We recently were interviewed for another podcast, and during our conversation with Kat, we were talking about love languages, and so it kind of sparked my interest, you know, taking the love language test, knew that it could change, wanted to dive into it a little further, retake my test again, which mine did change since the last time, so I found that a little interesting. So this is something that we've talked about in previous episodes and we've talked about on the group. And so maybe perhaps we'll dive into it a little bit deeper here. So what are the five love languages? The five love languages are five different ways of expressing and receiving love, words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. Not everyone communicates love in the same way, and likewise, people have different ways they prefer to receive love. The concept of love languages was developed by Gary Chapman, Ph.D., in his book, The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts, where he describes these five unique styles of communicating love, categorizes, oh, categories he, he distilled from his experience in marriage counseling and linguistics. We all may relate to most of these languages, but each of us has one that speaks to us the most. Marriage and family therapist Sonny Matamidi, probably said that wrong, uh, tells MBG, because this was mindbodygreen.com, where I found some of this information. Discovering you and your partner's primary love language and speaking that language regularly may create a better understanding of each other's needs and support each other's growth. Here's an overview of each of the five love languages Chapman describes. Or Chapman? Chapman. Chapman? I would say it's Chapman. Excellent. What do you got over there? Paper, paper, paper flippy flipper. roundy? I just have some of it where they kind of broke it down and giving some different I, I, uh, insight into the five love languages. Mine, I found my article called Love Languages and the Psychology Behind It by Nika Celeste from psychreg.org. I was trying to find the psychology behind it. I was trying to dive deeper into it, you know. Okay. So, um, what I have found and what I've read in the past is like the love languages work great within your relationship, but it's also important that to know maybe your coworkers, you know, we talk about this at my work, right? We talk about our love languages because that's how we know how to show appreciation, not just love in a intimate fashion, but appreciation of one another in that form as well. So we thought it, you know, helps us within our work environment as well. So according to Dr. Gary Chapman, your relationships will grow better when you understand each other. Last long lasting relationships take intentional commitment over time, however much harder or impossible if you don't truly understand one another. So number one, Words of affirmation. 
This is your top one, isn't it, honey? Yes, ma'am. That is correct. I do like to fish for compliments, receive words of affirmations, and um, include frequent I love you's compliments, um, verbal encouragement. Um, I'll even take texting and social media engagements. And so that's what he says, is that um, love language or words of affirmation can be shown in written messages such as love notes, letters, and such. Um, and it is through verbal communication. But according to Dr. Catherine Lively, affirmations are used to reprogram the subconscious mind to help us create the reality we want, such as love, beauty, wealth, etc. So that's why we always talk about, right, starting your day with affirmations because it's going to help you set your day down the path of what you're seeking for. And so this works in your love, your relationships, as well as in your own mentality. It's rewriting your mind. So one of the things we aspire to as human beings is to feel valued or appreciated. When we feel valued, appreciated, and good about ourselves, we attract positive things and build stronger and productive relationships as the proponents of the law of attraction often refer. I like their words and the way they explain things better than mine. Well, this love language is for people who believe that actions speak louder than words. Unlike those who prefer to hear how much they're cared for, people... I went, I went into reading another one. That's fine. I'm, no, I, yeah, but it was an accident. Oh, so you're not talking about words of affirmation anymore. <laughs> you're skipping topics. Yeah, well, I didn't. I must have accidentally hit the scroll button. I thought I was just continuing on what you were. So we'll save that one for later. Um, but the second one is quality time. Yeah. I actually skipped number three. Oh. With you... my scroll button, this new mouse is tricky. But people ahead. whose love language is quality time feel the most adored when their partner actively wants to spend time with them and is always down to hang out. They particularly love when active listening, eye contact, and full presence are prioritized hallmarks in the relationship. The love language is all about giving your undivided attention to the one person, special person, without the distraction of television, phone screens, phone screens, phone screens, and other outside interference. They have a strong desire to actively spend time with their significant other, having meaningful conversations or sharing recreational activities. Yes. You might, it helps to create your connection with each other. Otherwise, it leaves you that feeling of being alone or empty. So it's coming together on that deeper level you know, we always say hanging out and just watching TV, but he actually says turning off that TV, turning towards facing one another and having that conversation. That's why weekly date nights is so extremely important is sitting across that table from one another, looking at each other and conversing over topics. Yep. So number three, acts of service. Mm -hmm. All right. So acts of service is actually my number one love language. Acts of service is, according to Dr. Chapman, it is the nonverbal form of love that can be time-consuming and exhausting. But if it is what your partner needs, then it is worth the effort. It is described as doing something for your spouse or partner that you know they would like, such as cooking favorite meals, cleaning their car, taking care of a loved one. In other words, it's about demonstrations of love as selfless acts. Not doing something because then you're going to get a reward. It is going out of your way to do something that you know helps them out around the house or when they're stressed or different things like that. This love language is for people who believe that actions speak <laughs> louder than words. Unlike those who prefer to hear how much they're cared for, people on this list like to be shown how they're appreciated. Doing the smaller and bigger chores to make their lives easier or more comfortable is highly cherished by these folks. 
How do you make your voice do that, Mr. Jurens? Radio professional. Now, one thing I think is important to bring to people's attention is that your love language profile percentage that you are given after you take the test on the website that is provided. Five, the number five, lovelanguages.com, which is Gary Chapman's website, where you can take this quiz on your own. There's also one for children. There's one for military and um, teens and teens. So and uh, so you um, can learn your children better. Sorry, Mr. Durns. Yes. So you can uh, it breaks down by percentages. So when she says acts of service is her number one love language, that's 35 percent out of 100. So she still rings in with 20 percent, 20 percent on some other ones. And her lowest one is 10 percent. What's the lowest one? My lowest one is receiving gifts. Yeah, so Which just so you know, like I don't want you to think that acts of service now for her is 89%. And so if, if I don't do that on a consistent basis, I have come to the conclusion, I think, with a lot of these things that this is another learning experience. So we dive deeper into these five love languages and you learn more about them, but you almost have to apply little bits of them throughout your marriage at different times, depending on the context to try to make your marriage and spouse happier. So if your spouse is down in the dumps because of X, then you have to use one of these techniques, one of these tools. You know, people are doing this research for you to give you the tools so you can try to be a better spouse. You're foolish if you think that you're already doing a great job or my spouse is happy, I don't have to do nothing. You can always just do something a little bit better, a little bit better. Number four, for instance, is gifts. Gifts is a pretty straightforward love language. You feel loved when people give you visual symbols of love, as Chapman calls it. It's not about the monetary value, but the symbolic thought behind the item. People with this style recognize and value the gift-giving process, the careful reflection, the deliberate choosing of the object to represent the relationship, and the emotional benefits from receiving the present. And so all of these we've read so far, I think I align with quite, quite a bit. Not that words of affirmation isn't my strongest, but it's, you know, all of, I do all of these at times. Mm -hmm. That's why I think our percentages are so relatively close in ranking our 30 to 20 and 20 and 17 percent is because they kind of all balance each other out. It's not all or nothing. It's having this healthy balance in your relationship. That's what it's all about. Not putting all of your eggs in one basket. It says that the... You know, receiving gifts as a love language can be, you know, misunderstood because some people view it as a greedy aspect, but it's truly more of the thought behind the gift than the gift itself in most instances. Yes. Number five, physical touch. People with physical touch as their love language feel loved when they receive physical signs of affection, including kissing, holding hands, cuddling on the couch, and yes, sex. Physical intimacy and touch can be incredibly affirming and serve as a powerful emotional connector for people with this love language. The roots go back to our childhood. Matamidi notes. Some people only feel felt deep affection and love by their parents when they were held, kissed, or touched. People who communicate their appreciation through this language when they consent to it feel appreciated when they are hugged, kissed, or cuddled. The value... They value the feeling of warmth and comfort that comes with physical touch. <laughs> Sorry, I keep giggling every time you say it like that. 
Um, it does say that in psychology, touch is the first sense that we acquire when we are infants. It is our first form of communication to the world, hence that it is critical in our social and behavioral development. Uh, research says that by touching, we have the ability to send and receive emotional signals from other people. I mean, if you're with your your partner, you know, and you hold your hand or they squeeze your hand or you feel that you can often feel if they're anxious, if they just got nervous, if something, you know, made them kind of tick, you can read their body language really well by the little bit of touch, especially if you're out in a public place. I'm not saying, you know, have to be balls deep PDA. I'm just saying, even if you're touching your spouse's hand or anything when you're out in a public space, you know, you're going to be able to have that connected aspect to your spouse or your partner at that time. So um, it says tactical physical affection is highly correlated with overall relationship and partner satisfaction. Uh, Conflict resolution is easier with more physical affection. If you enjoy listening to Positively Midwest and know of your other friends that would as well, follow us on Spotify and get notifications whenever new episodes come out, Wednesdays at 7 a.m. Let's take a look at this graph, everybody. And it says, words of affirmations, how to communicate, encourage, affirm, appreciate, empathize, listen actively. What actions can you take? Send an unexpected note, text, or card. Genuinely encourage and do it often physical touch how to communicate nonverbal use body language and touch to express love actions that you can take hug kiss hold hands show physical affection often make intimacy a thoughtful priority receiving gifts well how can you communicate that Thoughtful and thoughtfulness. Make your spouse a priority. Speak purposefully. What actions can you take? Give thoughtful gifts and gestures. Small things matter in a big way. Express gratitude when receiving a gift. Quality time. How to communicate. Uninterrupted and focused conversations. One-on-one time is critical. What actions can you take? Create special moments together. Take walks and do small things with your partner. Weekend getaways are huge. Acts of service. How can you communicate that? Use action phrases like, I'll help. They want to know you're there with them, partnered with them. What actions can you take? Do chores together or make them breakfast in bed. Go out of your way to help alleviate their daily workload. Thanks, mbgrelationships.com. What is this? Oh, it just goes through and says all that. Words of affirmations, really like hearing your partner say I love you. Those three words are particularly meaningful, special, and reassuring for you to hear again and again. Hmm. And so then what you can do is you can dive on in and you can grab one of Gary, Dr. Gary Chapman's books, and that way you can learn more about the five love wang- love languages. And then you can even buy his book based upon couples, singles, men, military, you know, for those that are in deployment, children and teens, so that you can help your child 
your teenager as well as yourself being a well-rounded family dynamic. The bottom line, love languages are a useful tool to improve how we communicate and express ourselves to each other. But they shouldn't be the be-all and end-all solution for happiness. Instead, it should function as a starting point that sets couples on a journey to meet each other in a more profound way and self-regulate better. But the work shouldn't stop there. Oh, funk, no. <laughs> Keep the funk alive. Oh, you. So if you go, where are we at here? At 16 minutes. But if you go to the number 5lovelanguages.com, there's the, you can click on 5 Love Languages, um, learn your love language where you can take the quiz. And like we said, there's couples, the romance you've always dreamed of starts right here. The five love languages will equip you to build a firm foundation for the kind of love that lasts. Singles. Love isn't just reserved for romance. Whatever season of life you're in, the five love languages singles edition will help you build the confidence you need to connect with others in a meaningful way. Men. At the heart of every man is the desire to succeed. When it comes to your relationships, the five love languages for men will give you the tools to succeed in the areas that matter most. Military. Long deployments, lonely nights, and difficult transitions put a strain on any relationship. The Five Love Languages Military Edition will equip you to face these challenges with extraordinary solutions. Children. When a child feels loved, they can conquer any challenge. As parents, the Five Love Languages of Children will, equ will equip you to rebuild a foundation of unconditional love that sets your child up for success. Teens, as a parent, you want to help your teenager navigate a world full of new social and mental pressures. Learn to connect in meaningful ways with the five love languages of teenagers. <sighs> so, Dr. Gary Chapman is an author, speaker, and counselor and has a passion for people and helping them for lasting relationships. Chapman is well-known marriage counselor and director of marriage seminars. The Five Love Languages is one of Chapman's most popular titles, topping various bestseller charts for years, selling over 12 million copies, and has been on the New York Times bestsellers list since 2007. Chapman has been directly involved in real-life family counseling since the beginning of his ministry years, and his nationally syndicated radio programs air nationally on Moody Radio Network and over 400 affiliate stations. <sighs> Excuse me. Anyway, so you can go there, and then you can go to the quizzes, and it has all those in there. Love, apology, anger. Uh, there's resource page in there that has a lot of different books that you can read, and they're not all from... Uh, from him, I don't think. <laughs> Most of them are. Yep, they're all his. Holy bu buckets. <laughs> Holy buck. Well, this one's by another dude, but he forwarded it. Holy biscuits. This dude's wrote some books. See, and that's where we, we've, you know, we've mentioned those love languages in the passing as we do these different conversations. Love languages um, or even your Enneagram because you kind of learn about people that way too. So I just thought it was kind of interesting to break it down, explain it a little bit further to everybody. Yes. Um, and like they keep saying that these are tools, just another tool for you to continue to solidify another positive part of your life, your relationship. And if you're not in a relationship, there's other things that you can look into. But so he's got events. 
Looks like he's also got a podcast, so there are podcasts that are out there, too, that you can listen to. I mean, I don't know if it's cool as Positively Midwest, but one just came out a couple days ago. Reppin'. Uh, there was also a study guide. I thought that was pretty cool. So I downloaded the PDF. Um, that's what we call it in the computer world. And what everybody else calls it. PDF. What's that stand for? That's what I was just going to ask you. Permanent document file. Oh, way to be a quick thinker. I bet. You're so full of wit. The five love languages. The secret to love that lasts. You've read the book. Now go deeper. The Five Love Languages has transformed countless relationships. This practical guide will help couples and groups experience that transformation through thought-provoking chapter-by-chapter discussion and application questions. So anyways, you know, it just comes like chapter one is why, what happens to love after the wedding. Uh, number one, the opening illustration raises questions many married and divorced individuals are asking today. In your marriage, perhaps you have asked some of the same questions. Drawing from your own marriage experience, what other questions might you add to those? And then you just goes through and has the other questions. There's like 13 pages, so it goes through each chapter of the book, and uh, there are other workbooks and stuff in there too. So, yeah, this is a good a good subject to break into, and I think we covered it well. Yeah, because really, like this is one of those two that you have to have. You have to apply the action. So we're giving you uh, education, relative education on the tool. You go and find the tool and then you read it. And you both have to, you know, kind of put into it for it to work again. It always takes two. You know, if one person's just doing all the stuff, uh, then it just don't work. Nope. Marriage relationships take a continuous, continuous commitment of constant work. And sometimes one of you is, is like higher than the other one and you fluctuate up and down, but it's trying to kind of find that common ground and keep each other grounded. And that, my friends, <laughs> is what matters the most. Yeah. Well. Working and learning and growing together. This episode's 22 minutes. It could very well be the shortest episode we've ever done. How is that possible? I don't know. Usually we're jabbering on for hours. <laughs> You're welcome. We got straight into the point tonight. Yeah. Well, we got some good episodes coming up. So um, I did hook up with the fallout shelter guy today. I uh, Interestingly at lunch. And so he's quite excited to, to put something together. And uh, I uh, talked to him about my idea of coming out with a specialized um, hoodie or t-shirt, if you will, that would have their logo and our logo, and then we'd give them a big, huge, giant chunk of all the proceeds we make from that um, for their uh, mission, if you will. So, and uh, <laughs> we're going to be recording Dakota Mucky coming up here pretty soon. He was a fellow Shangri-La artiste going from campfire to campfire, just playing guitar. And now he's been on Sugar Shack sessions and... Uh, it's coming up in the, in the medicine music world, if you will. That's awesome. So that's coming up here in a couple weeks. But anyways, well. I think we got it covered. Are you done? I think so. I hope you all enjoyed learning a little bit more about the five love languages with us. The five love languages. All righty. Well, here we go.
Thank you all from the bottom of our hearts for listening to the Positively Midwest podcast. Our hope is to inspire, engage each other's thoughts, and leave you with some great advice. Be sure to join our Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at Positively Midwest Podcast. Make sure you like, comment, share, and screenshot our podcast with all your cool friends. Every little bit helps. We are on most all major platforms, and you can stream it on our website at PositivelyMidwest.com. Thank you, and as always, please, always stay positive. Positive.